You're listening to the Life Tree Community Church Podcast, recorded on Sundays in Robbinsville, New Jersey. Our goal is to help you grow from root to fruit. Thanks for tuning in. We're so glad you're here. Okay, so at this point, I'm going to invite you to turn in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 43. I believe that's page uh, 550 in the soft cover Bibles that are in your seats. Um, uh, Isaiah chapter 43. Um, and as you're turning there, uh, we're going to continue our whisper series. Um, if you haven't been here, that's okay. This is, if it's your first time, you're not going to, that's all right. I'll give you a little bit of a recap and you can go back and listen if you'd like. But uh, today uh, you can hear just this message and it will make sense, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. That's the goal is that it will make some sense. Um, the series is really about learning how to hear God which is a completely inexact science. Like, nobody has perfected this. Um, it's something we grow in, something we learn to tune our ear to, try and get better at. You know, how do we hear God better today than we did yesterday and learn and grow in it? Um, and so over this series, we're just exploring various ways that God speaks to us. Like, what are the different ways that God does speak to us? And so uh, the first week, we looked at how God speaks through his word, through scripture, through the Bible to us, and, and looked at that. Last week, we talked about how God speaks through our desires, through what you want. What you really want, what's, what's deep in your heart, what are those things that make you mad, and the things that make you sad, and those things that make you glad. Of course, you've got to rhyme like any good pastor. And so today, we're going to talk about how God speaks to us through open doors, through opportunities, through times when he opens doors to us. Um, my pastor used to say, um, the thing that you think is the thing may not be the thing. It just may be a thing that leads you to another thing. Everybody get that? Okay, yeah, so like most of you, it's actually, it sounds ridiculous, but it actually makes sense. You're going, yeah, no, I was with you the whole time, right? The thing you think is a thing may not be the thing. It may just be a thing that leads you to another thing. Um, and as I was thinking about those things, uh, it hit me that perhaps it's, it's precisely my inability to discern what's behind doors that I encounter that make them such great opportunities to hear God. Because I'm so lousy at reading doors, because I have no idea if what's behind a door is good for me or if it's something I should walk away from. Here I come to a door. Is this good? I don't really know because I can't trust my eyes. So I have to go to God to ask. Because I'm so lousy at discerning the significance of opportunities, I listen loudly for God to speak in those moments. So it's okay if you're like me and you're terrible at interpreting open doors, right? I mean, if you know what's behind every door, congratulations. Good for you. Um, your life is probably perfect and you don't make any bad decisions. That's awesome. Way to go. You don't need to be here. Um, now, the goal of today is to answer this question. How can we hear God in the doors that present themselves to us each and every day? How do we hear God through those doors? It's around 2,700 years ago, long time, that God spoke through the prophet Isaiah he was reminding people who he was. God was like, hey, I'm going to tell you something. Let me, just, let me just kind of remind you who I am. In Isaiah 43, you should be there. Verse 15, it'll be on the screen as well if you'd like to read along. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 15. God says this. This is God talking. He says, I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's creator and king. He says, I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses. 
I drew them beneath the waves, and they drowned their lives, snuffed out like a smoldering candle wick. Ooh, man, that's intense. Here's the story. The nation of Israel is enslaved by Egypt for 400 years, right? 400 plus years. There's no visible way out. We're slaves. How do we get out of slavery? I don't know. We're slaves. We have no power, no authority, but God. Right? Those two words change a lot of things. But God. But God made a way. Right? He sent a guy named Moses to rescue them through a series of miracles. Pharaoh lets them leave. Immediately after letting them leave, Pharaoh regrets his decision. Says, no, let's go get them back again. So now they're on their way out. They're walking. Pharaoh's chasing down with this mighty army, one of the mightiest armies on planet Earth at that time in history. Here's Israel caught between this huge army and the Red Sea, and they're in between, and they're freaking out. What are we going to do? There's no way out. They're going to slaughter us. We would have been better as slaves. Why are you doing this? We're going to die now. But God. Oh, remember when I opened up a way? I split the sea, and I let you walk through it. Here's God reminding the people, I did miracles for you. I'm the God who did miracles for you. I made a way where there wasn't one. But then you get to verse 18. And in verse 18, this is what God says. He goes, but forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I am going to do. Yeah, I'm sorry, what? You just rescued like a million people from slavery, changed the unchangeable mind of an oppressor, miraculously made a sidewalk through the sea, and then turned it into a graveyard of one of the mightiest armies on planet Earth. And now you're saying that was nothing? It's kind of like one of the biggest miracles in history, God. Like, it's like, you know, calling the ark, like, you know, a little tinfoil boat or something. Like, this is a big deal, and God's not impressed. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. And then we get to one of my favorite verses in all of Scripture. Verse 19, he says this, For I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. The wild animals in the field will thank me. The jackals and the owls too, for giving them water in the desert. Yes, I will make rivers in the dry wasteland so my chosen people can be refreshed. I have made Israel for myself and they will someday honor me before the whole world. God is saying here, yeah, I made a door to save you. I made a door to rescue you from suffering. But let me tell you, I'm just getting warmed. I am making new doors. Listen, you can take all the stories in history, compile all the miracle stories from people about how God opened up a miraculous door when they thought all hope was lost, how God rescued, healed, transformed, provided, resurrected. We could tell story after story of God's, of doors that God seemingly made out of from nowhere and out of nothing. Right, you, right in here, we could take stories of how God opened up doors that, where there wasn't a way. We could cultivate those stories, combine those with all the stories in history and recognize this. God says the best is still yet to come. That is nothing because behold, I'm doing something new. Let me just tell you, because God has never opened a door before doesn't mean anything. Perhaps you're sitting there saying, you know, 
Yeah, God can do those things, but he has never. I've never heard of, I don't know about. He can't, God can't. Let me tell you something. The door God is opening for you has never been opened before because he does new things. He likes new doors, right? He's like extreme makeover, God edition, right? Like he's going to blow out doors and put doors where you didn't think, wow, I never thought to put a door. Hey, listen, if you go out in the foyer, there's like a door up. Like on like a wall here. It's like a door to nowhere. Apparently you need a ladder to get up it. When I first thought I was like, huh, I never would have thought to put a door there. You're like putting a door on the ceiling. Like, hey, that's a doozy of a first step, right? Like, what are you going to like? God puts doors where you didn't know doors could be. John shares this game changing truth in Revelation chapter three. He says this. What? Here we go. Let's go. What God opens, no one can close. And what he closes, no one can can open. That's pretty definitive. That's a pretty bold statement right there. God can make doors in the middle of wastelands and wildernesses. He can make doors in the family that you don't think can change. God can make doors in your workplace that's as far from God as anything you could imagine. He can open a door into anything you can dream and more. Let me tell you, God can open up relational doors that you gave up on long ago. God can open up financial doors that CPAs can't explain. God can open up spiritual doors the enemy can't close. He can open career doors that teachers, professors, that your boss said weren't possible. You can't do that. You can't do that. Let me tell you, uh, just don't say can't. He's the God who kind of puts doors where nobody thought doors could go. He can open up doors where there's nothing but concrete, block, and stone in seemingly impenetrable circumstances. And let me tell you, every door God opens for you is good. Likewise, every door God closes for you is good. No amens? Sometimes this is us right here. This is us right here. Yep. Mm -hmm. Everybody see that? It's like famous. It's like one of the best far side comics ever. Right? Midvale School for the Gifted. It says pull. And he is pushing. Right? Sometimes that's me. Right? There's a door that God has shut and that is me. Right? And And I'm just... I'm dumb. I don't understand. Mark Batterson, who wrote Whisper, the book that was kind of the basis of this series that we're using, said that we can be as grateful for closed doors as we are for open ones. We can't pray for open doors without accepting closed ones. You know when you're at the zoo? You go to the Philly Zoo or something, you know, and you see, you see lions in their cages? Thankful for closed doors? I'm thankful for closed doors, right? I'm about to get on a plane tomorrow night. I'm thankful for doors that close, right? Like if that door's open, it's going to have problems, right? If something doesn't work with that door mechanism and it's not closed just right, you know what they're going to do? They're going to take us all off the plane. And they're going to say, hey, we're not, we're not leaving until this door shuts right. Closed doors protect us from what's not good for us. We just don't always like that. We don't always like the way that feels. There have been days I have foolishly railed against God for doors. I want it open, God. I want that door open. Why aren't you opening that door for me? And God knows there is nothing good for me on the other side of it. But like a petulant child, I cry, come on, open the door. Why not now? I want it. I want it. I want it. Batterson continues and says, closed doors are expressions of God's grace. What we perceive as detours and delays are often God's ways of setting up divine appointments, and they often start out as closed doors. I don't know why, but for some reason it took years for this India desire to become reality. 
But for whatever reason, that door didn't open until the right time. But it's time. I don't know what's going to happen. It's not might not be anything huge. could be a little door. It could seem like it's big because it's a long trip and it's a big deal. But it could be, could be something small. I don't know. It could just open to another door, to another door. Again, I had to get to Kansas City to get to India. Who, who knew, right? Now who knows what's going to happen next? We're still waiting for an open door for a building for our church. We don't own anything. But you know what? I do not want to be that kid pushing against a door going, come on, God, open the door for us. When God says it's not good yet, we're good here. It's okay. This is where we're supposed to be for right now. This is the season of life. And a building is not everything. That's not the full measure of our church. People ask all the time, especially in our discovery class when we're talking about what it means, what is life tree about? Do you guys ever want a building? It's a common question. It's a great question. Let me tell you, I don't really know. What do I need a building for? We can meet. We're good. This church has been great to us. These people have been great to us. We're good. If we have a building, God's going to say it's going to be the right time for the right reason, and it's going to be good for you. It's going to be good. I don't want to be that kid pushing against a door. When God is ready to open the door, let me tell you, nobody can close it. Until then, i got no business pushing. And not only can God open doors anywhere, but those doors will be so good that the jackals will thank God for them. That's a weird thing. Do you see owls going, thank you? Right? Owls and jackals thanking God for open doors. It's like, what? Because the doors that got opened for Israel definitely weren't for the animals. They were for Israel to be refreshed, renewed, rescued, saved. Perhaps you're in a rough place. I don't know where you are in your life, but perhaps you're in a rough place. Life is hard. Maybe you feel like you're in a wasteland of depression, maybe pain, sickness, loneliness, shame, regret, failure, hurt. I don't know where you are, but perhaps you're in a bad place today and you'd love a door out. You may not realize it, but there are others there around you. There are jackals and owls in all of our lives. People who are barely hanging on, who are struggling under circumstances, they can't escape. And let me tell you, when God opens a door for you, when he makes a way out for you, it will be a blessing to them as well. The same doors that renew and restore you display the love of God to the inhabitants around you. To the same wasteland that you find yourself in, your door affects everyone around you. How good is God that his open doors aren't just for you, but it will bless everybody anywhere near you. God just he overflows. If you ask for a cup and he was a waiter, he'd just keep pouring and it'd be all over the table. Just blessing for everybody. Now this would be so easy if we could just walk through every open door. Wouldn't it? If that's all I had to do now was just walk through every open door and it could just be a blessing to everybody. Just follow the script. Open door, walk through it. Open door, walk through it. Open door, walk through it. But here's the problem. Here's the problem. Not every open door is from God. Jesus revealed the sobering truth in Matthew. He says this, For wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, small is the door, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. This is hard stuff. God, why don't you make it easier? Sometimes those wide open doors 
are no good for me. Let me tell you. The door to throwing away my family is vast and wide. The door to destroying my integrity is high and it's inviting. The door to destroying my health, my purity, and the life God has graciously blessed me with, that door is gaping and it is beckoning. And many people are running through it. Every day we hear story after story of people who should have known better, but chose to take a different door. Of people who threw away everything good because they took an open door that led to destruction. Perhaps they believe the lie that it will be different for me. I'm going to walk through this door, and I know others have walked through this door, but my story is going to be different. It's called the principle of the path. Every path has a destination. And if you're on this path, you're going to end up here. It always leads to the same end. Harry Emerson Fosdick said, He who chooses the beginning of a road chooses the end as well. Proverbs is filled with warnings from King Solomon to his son to guard his steps because the door to destruction is inviting and compelling and promising and it always ends in pain and regret and loss. Our lives are filled with doors. Wide open doors all around us every single day. And we know we can trust God because He's good. So here's the question of all questions. How do we know if an open door is from God? How do you know? How do you know if the opportunity before you is something you should take or something you should run away from? How do we know if this is worth walking through? So here comes the good news part. Don't worry, it's going to be good. I'm going to end good. God has filled his word with wisdom about how to discern what is behind every door of opportunity that presents itself to us. He's filled the word with that. And it's totally something God believes that you and I have the ability to understand. God thinks we are capable of discerning a door's worth. He will give us. He thinks we know how. We can know how to understand it. In this first passage I'm about to read, God is communicating with the people of Israel, giving them instructions about the doors they're about to encounter as they step into a new season of life. It's Deuteronomy chapter 30. It'll be on the screen. It says this. This command I'm giving to you today is not too difficult for you. It's not beyond your reach. He's saying, listen, you can do this. You can do this. It is not kept in heaven so distant that you must ask. Who will go up to heaven and bring it down so we can hear it and obey? It is not kept beyond the sea so far away that you must ask. Who will cross the sea to bring it to us so we can hear it and obey? No. The message is very close at hand. It is on your lips and in your heart so you can obey it. Now listen. God's about to whisper about discernment. Ready? Listen. Today I'm giving you a choice between life and death, between prosperity and disaster. That word choice is about to be mentioned four more times in the next few verses. Verse 16. For I command you this day to love the Lord your God and keep his commands, decrees, and regulations by walking in his ways by choosing his open doors. If you do this, you will live and multiply. The Lord your God will bless you in the land you are about to enter and occupy. That's good. You can do this, and if you do it, I'm telling you, it's going to be good. But 
if your heart turns away and you refuse to listen. If you're drawn away to serve and worship other gods, then I warn you now that you'll certainly be destroyed. You will not live a long, good life in the land you're crossing the Jordan to occupy. Here it comes, verse 19. Today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. And I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice that you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants... But what does God want? He wants you to choose the good doors. That's what He wants you to do. He says, you've got a choice, but I, this is what I want for you. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God. Next verse. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying Him and committing yourself firmly to Him. Ready? Listen to this next line. This is the key to your life. And if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Can we just, this is the key to your life. I mean, did you hear that? The key to your life. Did you hear that? The key to your life. He said, this is the key to your life. 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 Can I ask you, what do keys do? They unlock doors. The key to unlocking the door of life. Three prongs. Choose. Choose. Next one. Next one. Choose to love God. Do you choose to love God? Secondly, do what he asks of you. It's right there in the verse. And third, commit to him with all you have. The key to life, the key that unlocks the doors, that lets you know if this door is good or not, is right here. Do you love God? Are you doing what he asked you to do? And are you doing it the best of your ability? You want to discern a door is from God or not? Let me ask you, do you love him? Heart, soul, mind, strength. Do you want what God wants? We talked about it last week. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Do you love what God loves? Is your heartbeat what God beats for? You want to know if a door is from God? If you've got the same heartbeat, you'll know. You'll know. Starts there. Do you love him? Secondly, are you being obedient? Are there things in your life that you know you're supposed to be doing? Are you doing them? Do what you know to do. If you're loving God... And living a life saying, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Not there's, I know I'm supposed to be doing this. And I love God. I just don't want to do it right now. I'm just avoiding this. I'm pretending. I hate, this is a question my dad asks all the time. I hate it. It's the stupidest question in the world. What are you pretending not to know? What are you pretending not to know? What do you know that you're supposed to be doing, but you're pretending like, oh, I don't really know? No, you know. Let me tell you. Are you being obedient? God's Holy Spirit is an agent of, of conviction on our lives. And he will say, hey, your attitude's wrong here. You're making the wrong decision here. I'm asking you to do this. I'm asking you to do this, to take, to take this step in obedience. Are you doing what you know to be doing? Key to life. Love God. Do what you know to do. And finally, are you giving it your best? You're saying, okay, fine, I'll do it. I'm doing it. Yeah, no, no, no. 
Are you doing what God has asked you to do with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? If somebody walked by and asked to grade you on how they saw you doing that thing, what grade would they give you? You know, As Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, you know, if it falls your lot in life to sweep streets, sweep streets like Michelangelo painted pictures, like Beethoven composed music, right? Sweep streets so well that when you get to heaven, all the angels stop and point and go, now, here goes the great street sweeper. Are you doing it to the best of your ability? The key to life, it's got three prongs and that's it. Love God. Do what he asks. Do it with all your heart. And let me tell you, if you will do that, you won't miss a single door. You won't miss a single opportunity. Because you know what happens? Opportunity finds you on the way. Doors don't just come to you. As you're just walking through life, being obedient, as you're just going to Kansas City, you just may find somebody who says, hey, I got a door to India. But you don't find that if you don't go to Kansas City. I'm telling you, there's nothing in Kansas City. The whole city shuts at 6 o'clock. There's like nothing open. Seriously, can't even call it a city. It's like a big suburb. Psalm 20, 32, verse 8. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway of your life. I will advise you and watch over you. But my favorite verse is verse 9. Do not be like a senseless horse or a mule that needs a bit and bridle to keep it under control. Can I tell you, don't be a donkey. You can't possibly know what every door leads to. God says, I'm going to guide you in the best pathway of your life. You don't know what's behind any door. And he does. And he loves you so much he wants to tell you. He wants to tell you, and here comes Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21. You ready? Here it comes. Your own ears will hear him. Right behind you, a voice will say, this is the way you should go, whether to the right or to the left. God wants to help you know what the good doors are. You can't miss the door to the good life when God is showing you the way. Love God. Do what he tells you to do. Do it with all your heart. You won't miss a single door. You'll hear a voice screaming behind you. This is the way. Walk in it. This is the way. Walk in it. Discerning the right door is not nearly as hard as we think. We just need to listen to the whisper of God's voice. He'll tell us. Telling you, oh, that you would choose life. He wants you to choose the right door. He says, all you got to do is listen to me and I'm going to tell you. I'm not making it complicated. Sometimes I think maybe it's not only about are you doing the right things, but perhaps those open doors, it's just because God wants us to get close to Him. Because there's so many doors, God, I don't know. There's so many doors. Yeah, I know. Just come here. I'll tell you. I just want you to be close to me. I think sometimes God opens up doors just to make us get close to Him. There are times in my life that God opened up opportunities and it turned out to be nothing. I said, God, why'd you do that to me? Why'd you open this door and then just make me look stupid? Wasting my time. But along the way, I had to really rest and say, God, what are you doing in my life? And I got closer to God because of it. I can tell you now, years later, it was not pointless. At the time, it felt like an empty, fruitless endeavor. But there was purpose in that closed door. God showed me. And to be honest, now, oh, 
I see God's love all over those closed doors. All those closed doors show me how much God loves me. As we close, I just want to pray for you today. Some of you are new to this. You've never thought to invite God to help you understand the doors that are open before you. You have never considered that God may guide you as you make decisions. Today, I want to invite you to ask God to guide you. I want to pray that you hear God perhaps for the first time behind you saying, this is the way, walk it. For the very first time, some of you, I'm going to pray, just a minute, I'm going to pray over you, that God would help you hear Him. Some of you feel like all you get is closed doors. And today I want to pray that God will show you one door He wants to open for you. One door that will help you know how much He loves you. Just one. Some of you, you just closed door after closed door. I'm going to pray that God opens one door. Shows you how much He loves you. Some of you are overwhelmed because you have so many open doors and you don't know which one to choose. Life just seems, and you're afraid. You're afraid to walk through bad doors and you don't want to make that mistake. Today I'm going to pray that God gives you clarity. You'll know in your heart what's good. You'll hear His heartbeat and recognize Him. And some of you today, some of you are staring at bad doors and you know it. You know exactly what you're getting yourself into. You know it's no good for you. Today, I'm going to pray that God slams that door shut in your face. That God would rescue you from what you know is not good for you. Because you don't have the strength to walk away. If you fall into any of those categories, if you're able, I want to pray for you. If you're able, would you take the bold step of saying, God, I don't want to walk through another door without listening to you first. God, would you speak to me today about those open doors? And I'm going to ask you, if, if, if you're comfortable, would you just stand and say, that's me? Listen, as the community people, we believe in you. We love you. We're no judgment here. We're saying, I need it. And I'm, listen, I'm standing. I will get down here. I'm standing. God, I don't want to walk through another door on my own. Would you just stand across the place? And I'm going to pray right now. Say, God, see me, see my heart. As, as, as I stand here today, God, I'm tired of coming up to doors. God, we pray this morning right now. God, we are tired of walking in blindly, wondering what it is that's in front of us. God, we welcome you right now, whether for the first time, whether we've been doing this a long time. God, forgive us for those moments when we have just made decisions on our own, when we thought we knew enough to make it without consulting you. God, let us always run to you. The doors, it's not so much about just walking through the right ones, but it's about the relationship with you. You want us to hear you, to be drawn close to you. Say, I want to hear you, God. In all the decisions of our life, God. Lord, if there are some in here right now, Lord, I pray right now that you would just speak and say, this is the way, walk in it. But for the first time to some, just give clarity right now in this moment. Would you just say, Lord, as they're having all those doors in front of them, would you right now give wisdom? Would you illuminate a door like neon, God, light it up. Let them them hear from you and say, God, help me know which is what you would have me do. God, if there are those here today where they feel like all they've had is shut doors, slam closed doors, 
Lord, would you just show right now one open door? Would you just show them, Lord, the promise that you will open one door for them? Today, I pray, Lord, that we will hear stories in this week to come of how you open divine doors for people that felt like they have never seen a door open before in such a way that it, it has to be you. God, I pray right now for those who are facing bad doors. And they know it. They know they're looking at something that's not good. And it's tempting and it's compelling and it's drawing them, but they know it's no good and they just feel weak. God, I ask you right now, shut that door. Somehow, some way, Lord, you are God over all things. Free them to walk away, to find the good. Lord, let us see your love. Jesus, right now, I pray, would you speak, would you whisper to us how much you love us. I thank you for everybody standing across this room. How would you work in our hearts? We give ourselves to you. You are good. You are good. You are good. We love you, Lord. In your great name we pray. Thanks for listening to the Life Tree Community Church Podcast. For more information about our church, visit us at wearelifetree.com or on Facebook and Instagram at wearelifetree.com.